Hello, and welcome to Farmers Capital Conversations. I'm your host, Casey Silveria. This podcast aims to expand your social, intellectual, and economic capital. Investing on and off the farm is hard enough. Here, we will provide insightful stories and resources to help out. Full transparency, this is our shameless way for you to like us and hopes you partner with us down the road. Lastly, there are no ads here. All I ask is you enjoy and share if you find value. Now, on to the episode. Last piece is may I make a request? So it's asking for what you need, Casey. And herein lies a huge biblical principle. You do not have because you do not ask. So if you don't have a great compensation structure or you're not getting paid enough, which is the case for many young American farmers, why aren't you asking for proper compensation? Why aren't you asking for the books to be open? Why aren't you asking to be at the account alongside your parents so you're developing a relationship with your advisors? You do not have because you do not ask. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Farming for Passive Income. I'm your host, Casey Silveria. Today, we are joined by Elaine Fraze. Elaine, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. So Elaine is a professional speaker, a writer, a coach who specializes in helping family farms work through their issues surrounding succession, uh, business, and family favorite, communication, always. And that is an interesting topic I hope we dive into more of today. Um, Elaine is known as the Canadian Farm Whisperer, and she's been a columnist in many different publications, Grain EWS or Grain WS for 26 years. Elaine is a member of the Canadian Association of Farm Advisors and Canadian Association of Professional Speakers with a CSP certification and many others. Um, So Elaine, really happy for you to join us today. Nice to be here, Casey. So you are many things, especially the Canadian Farm Whisperer. But before we get into all of these details, how did you become a family farm coach? Like, How did you get into this, this niche? Well, first I was born into a farm family on a farm just outside of uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Then I went to university and got a home economics degree. Faculty does not even exist anymore and was called to come to work with Manitoba Agriculture here in southwestern Manitoba. Fell in love with a local farmer who had a seed farm, have been here for 43 years And in 2003, became a certified coach with the Hudson Institute of Santa Barbara, California, which is a great place to study on the beach, by the way, in Santa Barbara, California. But also at that same time, did 22 hours of training in conflict and mediation. So I became a farm family coach because of the way I'm wired, Casey, and because my work with farm families, starting as a young Extension County home economist in the early days, And then in 1993, being asked to go to people's kitchen tables with my flip chart, just kind of morphed into an understanding that there was a huge gap in transition planning. And that gap was sitting down with the family first to deal with their emotional factors affecting planning. So that's Mm -hmm. my story and I'm sticking to it. That's a great story. And I love the vision, the vision and the value that you're creating for you and your clients and the family farms. I myself grew up on a farm in Caldwell, Idaho. We grew a lot of alfalfa seeds. So interested to see what kind of um, seed farm you were operating at the time. Um, but, but yeah, really interested to, to hear, you know, what are, what are your main pain points that you're looking to solve? You know, have this, you have this great education, you were up on the farm, you're linking the two and you're that mediator, right? Right. 
So we always say, or I learned this uh, when I did my training in Hudson, and I have my Beanie Baby Bull with me today. He's kind of my moniker. <laughs> of my friend. He's my talking stick. I've been writing about him since 2003. But I call it Discuss the Undiscussable, B-U-L-L. Every fam farm family has a bull in the middle of the room, Casey, that they need to talk about, but they're avoiding. And I quite often say that procrastination and conflict avoidance is killing agriculture. So what I'm doing with farm families, they say counseling is about recovery. It's about your past, but coaching is about going forward. So taking a look at what is it you truly want for yourself personally, in your marriage, in your family, in your business, your farm business and your community and with your friends. And so it's a, it's a very mapped out approach that is comes from years of experience of facilitating farm family conversations. And I think the fo what I'd really like folks listening to this podcast today to really grab hold of is that conflict is not bad. Conflict resolution is great. And if you get mm. really good at having tough conversations and dealing with the bull in the middle of the room, you will be unstoppable and you'll have an amazing life, regardless of what your role is on the farm or the ranch or as the non-farm kid. Mm -hmm. Why do you think conflict is so hard for us to, to tackle? Is it something that's been going on for hundreds of years? Is, is it more based on emotions? Like what's your, what's your take on that? Conflict is hard, Casey, because people make assumptions. I mm. grew up with a mother who was very firm, very direct and had some Irish DNA. <clears throat> Excuse me. So <clears throat> I'm just, I, I'm kidding a bit when I say Irish DNA, because sometimes when I'm working with a family, I say, I'm just going to get a little Irish with you which means I'm going to say some hard things, but I want an answer. And so really conflict, why, why is conflict hard? It's because it's what you think about conflict and it's your intention. And my intention is not to ever cause harm. And so on our farm, which is a certified seed farm, we grow wheat, wheat oats, barley, rye, beans, soybeans, peas, corn, all these good things. But we have a great culture on our farm because there's no profanity, there's no verbal abuse, there's no throwing things. Conflict on our farm is what we believe to be true, how we behave with each other, and how we make decisions. And so when you frame conflict with that map, do you believe the other person has value? Yes. Well, then you won't treat them badly. Do you think mm. yelling is a waste of time? Yes. You'll speak in a respective tone. Do you think it's better to make decisions collaboratively rather than my way or the highway kind of thinking. So everybody on your farm gets to choose the behavior, Casey, that they will accept. And I don't accept unresolved conflict. So if you have an issue with me, we're going to talk, we're going to create solutions, we're going to share emotions, and we're going to work it out. I, I love that process. Sounds easy. No, it's intentional. It's not easy, but it doesn't have to be hard. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the conundrum I think that we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. And I love that you touch on the assumptions behind conflict. And whenever I think of assumptions, I always go back to what my dad taught me long ago in the definitions. Like you have to define your terms. You have to get a baseline of what everyone is talking about in a situation and not go into a conversation or trying to solve a problem when you're operating on different assumptions of a definition. Right. And the phrase that pays, which is a play on my name, 
is love does not read minds. Mm. Quit trying to read the other person's mind. Ask more powerful questions. And in coaching, Casey, that's really what we do is we help people learn to change their language. So farm families are avoiding conflict because they're afraid of past performance and past behavior. And they also have this little gremlin or voice talking there that might be their grandfather or an abusive or explosive relationship. And anger is a secondary emotion. Anger comes from hurt, fear, and frustration. So what do you think young farmers are frustrated with? They're frustrated with them not getting clear answers. They're yeah. hurt. Who's hurt? The parents are hurt because the parents don't feel like they're appreciated or like they're getting respect that they deserve for 40 hours of hard work on the farm. So another helpful phrase is, where is it written? Where is it written that you can't resolve conflict? Where is it written that you can't have a facilitator like a coach or a mediator come in and help you get answers to solving that bull in the middle of the room? Mm-hmm. I think it's really hard for farmers because we, we grew up in a world of do-it-yourself You know, you need to first and foremost rely on yourself. And oftentimes if you, someone fails you, then that solidifies that idea of having to do everything by yourself. And so getting help is actually is harder, but in the long run, I think if you find the right people and you surround yourself with the right group of people operating on the same definitions and very little assumptions, like there can be huge opportunities for all parties to win and let go of your pride and your stubbornness Mm. yeah that's powerful so 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 casey you know do-it-yourself accounting not a good idea do-it-yourself law we have people listening to this podcast who don't have a will and i'm saying get thee to a lawyer next week and start doing it digitally on zoom because you don't have to physically go to lawyers' offices anymore. Mm -hmm. So whatever your procrastination issue is, you can't do some of these things by yourself and you're going to leave your family in chaos. So stop it now. Yeah. You have experts in everything. We don't, very many of us don't do our own taxes. Like you said, you know, there's very few people that represent themselves in court. There are some folks that choose to do that, but usually not the recommended method. Typically. Bringing in the right help. Yeah, I I agree with that. So, Elaine, how did you become the Canada's farm whisperer? So that was an article in um, Faith Today magazine written by Andrew Douglas, who is a, a journalist who first did an article for Farm Credit Canada or FCC. And he's the one who dubbed me Canada's Farm Whisperer, and it's kind of stuck. Because the work I do is a bit of a trailblazer. I also was awarded the Trailblazer Award for my province um, a couple of years ago. The reason is I'm kind of a a trailblazer in understanding that you need to talk about emotion. Because you'll hear accountants and lawyers typically say, well, let's just deal with the business and let's keep the emotion out of it. Well, I'll give you an example. I worked with a farm family for probably five to six hours for a whole day. One of their children had flown in and come in from Europe. And we just sat around talking about what everybody wanted in the farm transition for the mom and dad. And unfortunately, the dad died suddenly within the next year of a heart attack. 
But the family was very grateful for the conversations that we had because when they took the dad, when he was still living, of course, to the lawyer's office, the lawyer said, oh my goodness, you people have a really clear understanding of what you want. And they said, yes, that's because we spent six hours with Elaine Frey's farm family coach. So that's just an example, Casey, of how you can set up the conversation with your advisors for success once you get the family dynamic really clear. And I, I always use my baby links. So these are my, my links, and, and they represent three systems. So the family system, the management system, and the ownership system. And the thing is, is you are always going to be your father's son. That's never going to change. But are you going to be in business with your mom and dad? Maybe not. You left the farm and now you're doing your real estate thing and your podcasts and your other stuff. So, you know, the thing is, is, is a family is a, a system that has different roles and responsibilities that are different from what happens in ownership and management. And when you can help people pull that apart and say, which circle are you sitting in? What do you want this to look like? What does a good day in the farm dad look like to you? Stepping back without stepping away. And this woman, you know, she's become a fan because she drops in every once in a while when she gets my blog insights every couple of weeks. And she says, oh, Elaine, I just gave your name to another widow. Or, oh, Elaine, I just... Because she knows the process was so healing and a helpful journey to find harmony through understanding, Casey. And what family do you know who doesn't want to have harmony after the business transitions? I think there's many points in life that you need harmony and understanding. I mean, not even family. That, that's what's great about what you do. I think you can take a lot of the concepts and approaches that you're teaching and you can apply them to different areas of your life as well. Right, because we all have to do conflict. Right? Yeah. We all have to be better listeners. I wore my bracelet for you today. I don't know if you can read it. It says listen. Mm. Uh huh. So that was my word for a couple of years ago. Every year I pick a word. So listen was a, a good word to pick. Is that why we have two ears, one mouth? Yeah, that that would be the case, yes. Something like that. Coming from the farm whisperer, you're using yeah. maybe more than two ears? I don't know. <laughs> I think you're also using an empathy and, and your intuitive heart listening. Mm. There's a, a great book by Rick Maurer called Why Don't You Want What I Want? And he calls it, I, I've distilled it into head, heart, and gut. But he mm. talks why people push back and so people can push back because they don't understand intellectually in their head but they can also push back because they don't like how it feels and they just say i don't like how this feels but then in the gut in the intuitive area where the neurons are connected to your brain you might say to someone i don't trust you so for farm families what is it is it because you don't understand shareholder mm. agreements or why you need to create certainty with ownership or is it because emotionally you don't feel appreciated and you don't like how it feels not to be the main manager anymore? Or is it you don't trust the other generation, either the older one or the younger one, or the or the one above the older one, which is grandma and grandpa? Is mm -hmm. it a trust issue? Because people aren't doing what they've promised. Keep your promises. Walk your talk. Be integral. I love that you brought that up. I'm reading a book right now called The Body of Money. Have you heard of that? Oh, no, but I'll, I'll write that one down, Casey. I love to read, too. I, I'm really interested in this. My friend wrote, read it, and it basically talks about exactly that, the, the relationship you have and the emotions when things get brought up, like where you're feeling it in the body. 
because we all have a relationship with money, whether it be good or bad. And there's a huge spectrum on what that relationship looks like for every person and where, how we understand it and how we view it is how we also operate in the world. Oftentimes I think let's take teachers, for instance, like they, their heart is so huge. They love the job. They love what they do in the world and the positive impact that they do teaching our kids, the next generation, and they don't do it for a ton of money. Right. But it's like where, and our society values it very differently. So it's like where we see the value of money and how we see it in ourselves and how it's very interesting read. I'd love to love to talk about it later. No, but that, that relates to a podcast I just did today for my podcast, farm family harmony. And talking to Glenn, who's one of our coaches, who's an accountant, retired accountant, and now he works on my coaching team. But we were talking about financial transparency. So how this relates to our conversation today in transition and farm families having harmony is do you know the viability of the farm? Are you being compensated for fairly? But number mm-hmm. one question as a farm coach is, Where are your income streams coming from, Casey, when you're 32, 42, 52, 62, 82, all the way for me to 102? And I know I have enough money because a financial planner has put my numbers through his software. So being able to talk about money is huge. And there's another book called The Body Keeps Score about how stress and unresolved things and trauma are captured in your physicalness of your body. So I'm interested to read the body of money, but I want listeners to understand you need to be compensated fairly. You need to have good income streams. And then you need to know about where your housing is going to come from. Who's going to own your house. Are you going to be able to build equity in it? Or is it the corporation that's going to get the equity because it's a corporate house. And then thirdly, the financial transparency really hits the ground with fairness. What if you're the non-farm kid? What does fair look like to you compared to the one who's going to be taking care of mom and dad as they age in place on the farm compared to the one who's servicing debt compared to the one who's taking all the weather and financial risk of being a farmer. Hello. Yeah, that is video on this finding fairness in farm transition. Make yourself because then there could be resentment too, if it's not resolved and entitlement and greed. Mm. Let's name it what it is. Casey. Yeah. A lot of greed in this country. Mm-hmm. How are you able to give us like a five minute snapshot of what that process would look like? I mean, that's a very interesting topic because for me, I have brothers and sisters. Um, we decided to take a different path than take over the family farm for a multitude of reasons. Um, but we're all out basically. But let's say that I decided to go back in. How would, how would you go about thinking about my siblings who who are there on the sidelines, but I would be then the main operator in the farm. So first of all, Casey, do you have permission to go back? Great question. Was there a deadline? You see, the problem is in farm families is Mm. there's too much wishy-washiness. There's no concrete Mm. deadlines. So in our case, we gave our son until he was 27 to tell us whether or not he was coming back to farm and run Boys Veins Like Seeds, which he now has purchased and, yes, is running. We also have a 5,000 acre farm that produces the crops and we contract out to other farmers. But in your story, let's pretend you do go back to the alfalfa seed farm and your parents go, oh, 
Casey, you changed your mind. I thought you were gone forever. So for what? And how old are you, Casey? Coming back. Thirty-two. Okay, so you're coming back. And how much are you being paid per year? Probably not that much. Okay, and why would you accept such a low salary when you could? Because the equity that you're building is worth it over the long run. And how are you assured that you're going to have that equity and that you won't have to share it with your non-farming siblings? What's your guarantee? Hmm. Therein lies the rub. Yeah. Mom and dad, and is your farm, is your alfalfa seed farm, is it incorporated or is it a sole proprietorship? It's incorporated. Okay, perfect. So it has corporate structure, which means it has a unanimous shareholder agreement and has written agreements to say, this is what happens when we have um, a kid coming back. Mom and dad will take the preferred shares. They'll live off the dividends and their shareholder loan. And Casey will get an income, but Casey will also get growth shares. So as Casey keeps working on the farm, more of the growth of that attributes to you. And in Canada, we call it an estate freeze. And in the U.S., the tax laws are a little bit different. But anyway, I'm not an accountant, so I'm not going to go down that path. The bigger picture, of course, is what do your parents say, Casey, is their definition of fairness. And if your mother was raised in a, let's call it a German home or an old English, very strict DNA culture kind of thing, and this is how conflict is influenced by culture. In her mind, I have four children. They all get exactly the same. Your father, on the other hand, thinks, no, Casey's the one going to take the wrist. He's the one going to take me to the doctor when I'm 85. And I am not going to straddle him with a huge amount of debt. He has to have some debt, but he has to have a leg up because this business needs to continue. The other question is, are all of your sisters and brothers doctors, dentists, lawyers, and engineers and have a very good financial life? Thank you very much. You see, and so the fairness question comes down to F-A-I-R, financial transparency. What do the parents need to have income guaranteed for the next 30 years? What does Casey need as an income to service debt and grow? And what do the other sisters and brothers who are doctors, dentists, lawyers, engineers, or ranchers, whatever, what do they need to be successful, Casey? Mm -hmm. Do you see how this conversation is totally different now? Oh, definitely. It's It's about everybody in the family getting what they need or want in order to be successful. And what's the one word you have not heard me say? I mean, Trick question. Yes. I have yep. not said the word equal. There is nothing about equity here in terms of being equal and being equitable. Equitable means a strong sense of fairness, but that every child gets exactly the same amount of wealth transfer. That is not workable in 2023. And if you look at my TikTok Feed this week, it's blown up again because whenever I talk about this exact issue that a farm is not a piece of pie, it explodes because there's so much anxiety over, but we're going to disappoint the kids or don't worry about the kids. The kids are fine. They've got 20 years to get growth and equity. It's you, the parents that need to look at what have you got to secure your income stream and what does the farm have to provide to you as an income stream? And what does the farm need to give for equity for the next generation to continue to grow and be sustainable? Those are very Mm -hmm. interesting conversations. Yeah, I I can imagine. 
I bet they get pretty hairy now and again. It's my most popular blog. If you just Google, help my my siblings want farmland, just Google that phrase and my blog will come up and you'll see how popular it is. Same with the YouTube video. It's had over 3,000 views because fairness is around helping everyone be successful. And that's where, Hmm. Casey, I want to cut a swath. I want to cut a path for agriculture where we change our mindset and that we have conversations to create solutions because it is doable. I have a daughter who cannot work because of a mental health condition. She will never be as wealthy as my multi-million dollar farming son. Does that mean she's unhappy? No, because she has a trust for when she, when, when I pass and my husband passed, she's already met her financial trustee. She knows that her brother is not going to let her be out on the street and everybody has a happy life. Is it the same? No. So here's another phrase that pays. Different is not wrong. It's just different. But it has to be done with grace and compassion and understanding to seek to understand what the other person truly needs. And maybe they're not even clear yet what they need. I had, a, I had a young man one time. This is a story that'll push you off your seat. He's in a family meeting. He says, well, you know, Dad, it would just be really a lot better if you had just up and died because I could really use that $5,000 from your life insurance policy right now. Oh, I hope he wasn't serious. He said it out loud. His mother burst into tears. Wow. Yeah. So that is an unreasonable expectation and also extremely Mm. hurtful. But the reason that comment was made, Casey, is because he was not doing well with paying for his cottage, his boat, and all his extraneous toys, boy toys, right? Mm -hmm. Things that, that were not making him money. And he saw his parents' death as the solution, which was very hurtful. So again... Be careful what you ask for and be clear about why you need or want what you want. Because Mm -hmm. sometimes your wants will not be met. They'll be unreasonable expectations. And it's up to you as a parent to say, well, I wish we could make that happen in a different way. I plan to live to 92 and I'm really extremely hurt by the fact that you're not taking your own responsibility for your own financial well-being. I thought I had given you better financial literacy than that. I am really hurt. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all about the tools that you can pass on. But the thing is, like, a lot of those tools that are passed on aren't utilized as well. And one of those tools being mindset, I think. You you touched on that earlier. You know, when you go through this process with these family farms and you try and instill the right mindset, it takes a long time to change mindsets. So how do you, do you give them a framework on how to, to change a mindset for the better? Or what is that process? Can you walk us through that? So part of the process is identifying their conflict mindset, Casey. And we have a really good tool. Mm. It's called the Conflict Dynamic Profile. And it's done online. Mm. It's from St. Eckert College in, in Petersburg, Florida. I've used it for over 300 families, 300 people, tons of people. Mm-hmm. But what it helps you do is it helps you figure out how good are you at expressing emotion, which is a positive mindset. How good are you at creating solutions? How good are you at reaching out and adapting? How good are you at creating solutions? 
The negative mindsets would be the hostility, the anger, the self-criticizing, the hiding emotion. And then the third piece of this assessment shows you what your triggers are. And I am triggered by people who are unreliable and people who are aloof, who won't talk to me. So if you were trying to do this podcast with me and not ask me questions, it wouldn't work. <laughs> right? We'd be sitting here smiling at each other. Yeah, it'd be quite a monologue. Exactly. I need to know what you're thinking, feeling, needing, and wanting. So my father had a scarcity mindset, unfortunately. But my one brother and I have an abundance mindset. So we believe that there's always enough for everyone. Um, Another really good tool in mindset is this book by Marshall Rosenberg, who's one of my favorite authors now, called Nonviolent Communication. He sold, Casey, over 5 million copies. So he must be doing something right, correct? But the mindset is, what are you observing? What's the behavior? If you're not talking to me, Dad then you need to start sharing what you want. And why is dad not talking? Dad's not talking because he's afraid of losing his identity. He's afraid of you screwing up the farm and losing the wealth that he and mama created over the last four years. But he's also afraid of what does his role look like going forward? Because who is he if he's no longer the main manager anymore? My husband is a perfect example of doing this well because he's a compassionate mentor father. So his behavior is very clear, kind, gracious, and collaborative. The next piece that Marshall Rosenberg talks about is feelings. Oh, Casey, I'm not going to tell you how I feel. What should I <laughs> you know, like, seriously? Like, well, Elaine, men aren't supposed to have emotions. What do you oh, expect no, us well, to do? Yeah, yeah, well, where is that written, man? Like, get over that pretty fast. So you talk about how you're feeling, but here's a really powerful question. You ask your parents, Casey, you're coming back to the farm, and you say to your mom and dad, this is amazing. I get to work with you now and be mentored by you. But dad and mom, what do you need? And mom's going to fall over because nobody asks the farm mom what she needs. She's expected to keep all the gears going in every direction. Oh, yeah. The chief emotional officer of that family is what Dr. John Fast says. And then the last piece is, may I make a request? So it's asking for what you need, Casey. And herein lies a huge biblical principle. You do not have because you do not ask. So if you don't have a great compensation structure or or you're not getting paid enough, which is the case for many young American farmers, why aren't you asking for proper compensation? Why aren't you asking for the books to be open? Why aren't you asking to be at the account alongside your parents so you're developing a relationship with your advisors? You do not have because you do not ask. Mm -hmm. Oh, I would love you to read this body of money. Before I forget, there's another book, um, From Strength to Strength. Have you heard of that? Yeah, I've heard of it. I haven't read it, but I'll write it down. I'm trying to get my dad to read this. It's exactly what you're talking about. What is for my father or farmers passing down to the next generation, what is their identity? How are they shifting? Are they crystallizing their knowledge? How are they doing that? And how are they transitioning into that next next phase of life? Um, and are they very being interesting. appreciated? So there's another book by Hosner yeah. and Coots called Encouraging the Heart of Your Business. And it talks all about gratitude and appreciation and affirmation and Casey, there, you know, when I was a student uh, coach way back 20 years ago in 2003, Tom Hubler from Minneapolis was my business coach in that Hudson's cohort. 
and he did a study of all his family businesses, three things that will sideswipe a transition succession plan, lack of appreciation, pride and stubbornness, and number three, lack of forgiveness. None of those things have anything to do with money. It's not about the money. It's about the heart of the business. And that's what we have to pay attention to. And that's, I guess, why I'm called the farm whisperer, because I'm dealing with matters of the heart that impact the emotional factors affecting planning. And we have to pay attention to that. We definitely do, Elaine. That's powerful. Um, I love that. We've talked about a lot of books. Is there any, I, I think you've written a few books, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I, we, I mean, we got to call them out. We got to plug them. There we go. There we go. So this is the one farming's in-law factor that I never get asked to speak on because if you're in my workshop, you must have problems with your in-laws. But we, did a <laughs> webinar. we did a webinar on this, Casey. So if any listeners want to buy the webinar, it's at farmfamilycoach.com. But the book is also there and it's all around the different roles the in-laws play. And then Coach, Farm Family Coach Insights is a compilation of, um, I've been writing in Grey News in Canada for 28 years. And so every five or six years, I put a group of columns again together in a book. And they're available, um, all of them are available ebooks. And my other book, Building Your Farm Legacy, is also on Audible, Building Your Farm Legacy on Audible, because farmers, of course, don't have time to read, which is why we're doing podcasts, right? It's like curating your own radio channel. I want to listen to Casey and Elaine so they can plug us in and go sort the cows or drive down. the Hop on the tractor. Hop on the tractor. Absolutely. And here's the other news flash. I can coach you on your tractor because you have auto steer and I can have a really good phone conversation with you. I can use my zoom account to record the conversation. And so Casey, in our coaching process, we do a couple of things. People just reach out to us. We do a 20-minute free discovery call. There's no charge, and we get a family map. We always do a genogram of your family, find out who's who. And I say, wow, I'm just curious if you and your dad are having a conflict about letting go. He goes, Elaine, how did you know? Because you're 40, and your dad's 63, and you are not getting certainty of timelines and agreements because you are still a glorified employee on your farm. How did you know? Well, because you're 40, and you told me this. And then the next thing we do is let them reach out if they want coaching. And then we assign a coach to them that works with them on Zoom. We record all the calls individually and privately, confidentially between the family unit. And then we bring everybody, farm and non-farm, together for a family meeting, Casey, that lasts two hours on Zoom. I write notes on on a Word document. So you get the recording. You get to see in real time where the discussion is going. And you get to take turns without being interrupted because you use the bull. Use the bull. Use the bull. So that the bull becomes a talking stick where you can be speaking your your truth and your intention without being interrupted. So that's that's what we do as coaches. And hopefully, you know, some people are with us for over a year. Some people only need us for six months. Some people say, Elaine, I want you to be my coach on call. When I need you, I'll call you. So the relationship, Casey, is for whatever works for the farmer or the rancher. But the exciting thing is, is the weight and the stress and the anxiety that flood away because they no longer have uncertainty. They're getting a lot more clarity of expectations. And I just want to let folks know that I'm building a membership um, format that will come out after harvest on October 19th. So 
if people are wanting to be part of that community that I'm building and that journey for Farm Family Harmony, they can find me on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and my website, farmfamilycoach.com. And my, my handle is Farm Family Coach. So I'm not hard to find. You're everywhere. I am everywhere, man. <laughs> Elaine, I, I love it. I have it. a team. I, I, I'm front facing Casey, but I'm, I have a very good team at superpowerdigital.com that is helping me. I also have seven coaches that are doing a lot of the pre-work and, and that Casey is my succession plan because I am old enough to be your mother. And my son is turning 35 in November. My daughter's turning 40 next year. And Time goes by. Life is like a roll of toilet paper. The faster, you, the quicker you get to the end of the roll, the faster it rolls. Right? <laughs> You've never heard that before? I don't think so. Well, I like go. it. Yeah. Well, it's just, it just means <clears throat> pay attention to how <clears throat> old you are and remember to pass <clears throat> the torch and do it gracefully. Exactly. Wise words, Elaine. Elaine, thank you so much for coming on. Um, really good conversation. I love that you mentioned love does not read mind. Um, conflict is good. Talk to your bowl, understand fairness, understand your mindset and read books, man. We talked about books quite a bit. Right. And, <laughs> and you know what? Uh, Charlie Tamendis Jones, who was very high up in the national speakers association. I met him once at a conference down in the States. He said, there are two things that will change your life forever. The people you meet and the books you read. Now, of course, the books you listen to. And so I just, whenever I read a book, and I read a lot, I translate what I learned, Casey, into the culture of agriculture. And I want it to make sense for farm families because I am tired of hearing sad, awful stories. So my hashtag on Twitter is healing stories number four ag because that's what we need. We need to create healing stories. We need to copy success. And the one thing that I would like listeners to remember from this podcast is every day you wake up and you get to choose how you're going to respond. So I want you to choose to take action and just keep taking the next step to create that culture on your farm where you believe good stuff, you behave well, and you make decisions together. And that is what Peter Drucker says, culture eats strategy for breakfast. I love it. Thank you so much, Elaine. Thanks, Casey. Let me know All when right. you go back to the farm. I know. Absolutely. <laughs> Sounds great, Elaine. Listeners, I hope you got a lot out of this episode. And again, Elaine, thank you for coming on. Great to see you. See you next time. All right. See you guys. Bye.